Welcome everyone to Weekend Rental, episode 51. We are your gaming and geek culture podcast. Uh, You can find all things Weekend Rental at weekendpodcast.com. And our uh, podcast episodes are available on Google Play, iTunes, and Podbean. Um, We are kicking off the episode, as always, with Byron Byrne. But first, let's introduce us, because I forgot to do that. I'm Ryan. I'm joined by Andy. Hey. And Nate. Hi, Ryan. It's Nate. Hi. Nice to meet you guys. (laughs) Professional podcast here. Uh, So we're going to dive into Byron Burn. If you're new to the podcast, basically what we do is we pick a given system. This episode, the Game Boy Advance, we all pick a game for it. We'll play them individually, and then we give our verdict on whether we would buy, rent, or burn those games. So let's go through the list here. It's quite an eclectic list. Um, Interesting one for this episode for sure. Andy has gone with It's Mr. Pants. Nate has gone with um, the Scorpion King, Sword of Osiris, and I have gone with Driver 3, which is spelled very stupid and made it hard to find a ROM for. Um, so <laughs> let's Trip go. Three here? <laughs> yeah. We're just going to replace that E with the three, call it a game. And uh, let's go back up to the top. We're going to hear a little bit about um, Andy's game. It's Mr. Pants. Um, So generally what we do is read the descriptions on these. Uh, Here is the description for this game. According to game facts, it's Mr. Pants is a puzzle game developed by rare limited and published by THQ, which was released in Europe in 2005. That is, I guess, (laughs) I guess you can't put into words what this game is. It kind of sucks that like that description goes like it's Mr. Pants is a puzzle game. Like they just get right into what it is. They, there's no mystery into like they should all like drag that out. Even like here, I, I didn't even want to say it. It was a puzzle game. Just like leave it up as a mystery of right. what that game, what that title would be. Is he living, breathing pants? Is it just a guy who wears pants? Yeah. Maybe tell me no more about these all? pants. So confusing. Yeah, it could just be a normal dude where his last name is Pants. Who knows? That's true. It's French. That wasn't a that wasn't yep. a kick to any of our French listeners. Sorry, <laughs> all none of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I had no idea what this game was for sure when I don't when even when I picked it when I downloaded it everything like it was complete surprise to me. That rare logo was like okay, what's going on here? <laughs> but that game is not found on the rare replay. <laughs> Weird, huh? But uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, it's a. I don't really know how to describe this type of puzzle game. It's kind of uh, you're getting like Tetris pieces. Uh, Tetris on methamphetamines. But yeah, yeah, it's weird because you could only build rectangle or square shapes. And if you don't, then you fail. And it's like, God, it took me a while to figure out what I was doing wrong. I'm like, why is this not working? You match things. They disappear. It's so weird. Yep. Yep. So yeah, you, you, uh, there's some spaces on the board. And you get these pieces and you have to match the colors, try and get them into rectangles. Um, Some of them are split into two different colors, kind of like hugging each other, and then you can overlap them as well. But uh, yeah, like you do the really easy ones and it's like, okay, no big deal. I see what they're going for. And then you go right into I went right into the normal uh, difficulty. And then I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on. here. Like, yeah, it was pretty tough to figure out right away like i 
I guess I should have taken that whole ramp all the way through the, that first easy path to be able to get my, to wrap my head around some of the harder ones. Yes. But yeah. Toward, toward the end where I was playing, I was like, I just, I don't, don't have the capacity to think this way. <laughs> yeah. It takes a leap from like fun to like, I just want to throw my GBA through the television <laughs> right now. Um, and let's put the soundtrack weird. on top of that though. Yeah. So that's weird. Like that's you can't to bring think up when that music is playing. You're like, what the heck? I, this right? is stressing me out. And just like the whole package for this game, it's like they came up with a interesting take on a puzzle game, but then they're like, how do we make this different? And they're like, oh, I know. Let's make it look like a five-year-old drew like a dude who only wears underpants and then will flash underpants in this crudely drawn stick figure. And then doesn't he, does he say Mr. Pants or is it pants all the time? It's like pants. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, what? it's like the, it's like if adult swim threw up a puzzle game is kind of how I feel like this game is. But the puzzle has nothing to do with pants or anything. No. It's just all the surrounding. Yes. Like they bought this game from somebody else and they're like, oh, let's right. some marketing guy was like, I really like pants. Some weirdo just like came up with this so, crazy idea to wrap around a puzzle game. The never nudes really love it. It's so bizarre. It's sponsored like, by I Dockers. Think, like it's, I like that it takes the puzzle game aspect and it turns it into like essentially like a set piece that has like mostly, you know, one to two kind of solutions and it's not like this endless grind like you see with tetris or columns or dr mario well i guess dr mario you can clear a stage but i like that approach to it i just i just can't get over how bizarre and weird the whole <laughs> mr pants persona is to this thing it's just mind-blowing that this is even produced like i can see this as a flash game i can't see this as something that actually ended up on a gba cart when i was going through our yeah. list i assumed that this was a ryan pick just by the name because ryan always goes with just the strangest strangest games <laughs> i've played a lot of a lot of games with weird titles because of ryan and uh, i was like okay this is for sure a ryan pick no i was surprised that it was andy but it was just a confusing game it, i i think you go in with the mentality of this is going to be like tetris it's going to be tetris right and then you're disappointed because you can't figure it out and it's nothing like Tetris <laughs> and you got the obnoxious soundtrack going along and yeah, his random pants, maybe if that's what he's saying, <laughs> it's one of the strangest experiences that I've, I've ever had with, with the GBA and I'm surprised it's a game. It's, uh, it's making me nauseous. I think like in states that have legalized recreational marijuana, this would be like probably the best afternoon ever, <laughs> but yeah, in North Dakota, it's a game, little tough. You're just there. <laughs> right. You're in your underpants. You've got a guy next to you named Mr. Pants in your head. You're playing this game. It's great. I don't know. I don't know what this one is so weird. People who need cosplay ideas, they should check this game out. No one would know. They're like, who are you? Mr. Pants. That's not a real thing. No, it really is. Mr. Pants. And you're in jail. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the next one. Nate's pick. Uh, the Scorpion King. 
uh, for the Game Boy Advance. The description on this one. Uh, so after the death of Memnon, uh, the evil Menthu has risen to power determined to lead his legions of warriors and destroy Egypt once and for all as the Scorpion King. You must journey through the ancient deserts, overpowering everything in your path uh, to find the Sword of Osiris and unleash its powers. Yep. So um, this is based off a movie, The Scorpion King, which I've never seen. I know it's bad. I know <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson's in it, and that's always fun. Um, so this is considered an actual sequel to the movie. Uh, I don't know if they even came out with a sequel to that original movie, but this is there's probably like there's seven like, of them. I think yeah, I'm pretty really? sure there's like three Scorpion Kings, not to mention like the Mummy one that like started it all. So sure. So I don't know yeah. if this is um, you know post a second movie or right after right after the first movie. Um, I guess you would consider it a platform beat em up <laughs> game, I guess. Uh, I would say it leans more towards the platforming. Um, so you're basically going around slashing people up. It's kind of strange when you are greeted by the first enemies. Uh, first, you go through kind of a, a backstory of what's happening. But as you go through the first enemies, you slash one and they take off running and kind of like regroup, which is kind of an interesting mechanic. Typically, those types of games, they're constantly battling you instead of like running away, regrouping with another person. Uh, so that was kind of unique. Um, I thought the game got really fun when you start moving into some of the platforming, the actual platforming stages. And it has some really interesting mechanics. So. It's not just slashing people up, but um, you're you're climbing on ropes, jumping over um, uh, voids, but then you're also uh, using your sword and driving it into the wall and kind of wall jumping or double jumping, uh, which is kind of fun. And then um, and then the ability when you hold down A to climb across ceilings by stabbing it with your your sword, and then. I thought that was kind of cool. I made that, it. That's how gravity works. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly <laughs> what happens. Uh, it's a really good sword, um, high quality. And so I thought that made the game very interesting. I don't care about the story, but I like the looks right. of it. And it was, it was a fun game. And that's more my style of game anyways. Everything you said, I agree with a hundred percent. Thanks. Ryan. But here's what I, here's what I will say. Um, this game is made by way forward. So here's exactly what this game is. Somebody came to way forward and said, We're, we got a license. We'll pay you a bunch of money to make a game. And way forward's like, Hey, we have Shantae. Let's just put Dwayne, the rock Johnson in Shantae and call it a different game. This is Shantae. This is Shantae is with a license. Even the animations, like yes. the way he, they bounce up and down. That is a Shantae animation. For sure. <laughs> it was the easiest turn and burn for way forward to make this game. And yeah, it's a fun game because Shantae is a fun game. It's it's just I mean, get it. If you can find it, it's a good game, but also you could just play Shantae on anything. I always forget I liked it. I always forget uh and we'll kind of jump into this on on your pick, but I forget like the power of the GBA and kind of the look. Um I always just associate GBA as like a Game Boy where graphically it's nothing impressive. But yeah. I think every time that we've done a, 
a GBA, like the games are fairly decent, fairly impressive, and they look really good, minus Mr. Pants. But yeah, uh, I mean, it's essentially <laughs> a souped up Super Nintendo. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so when they did the cutscene of like Dwayne the Rock Johnson looked like Dwayne the Rock Johnson and then yeah. um so they did pretty good with that. Yep. Did you notice the uh when you play as the lady the first time, she has a smaller sword compared to the male? What kind of sexist bullshit is that? Mm, yeah. I don't it's know, science. Really a pretty it's just mi- science. <laughs> Way forward as a thing with like female character modeling though. They uh they definitely get proportions uh, yeah. of areas in a certain light <laughs> they're good at it <laughs> surprisingly she looked less skanky than shantae does which is like uh, was, uh, intended for like children by the cover or like you know the art style and man children as well but yeah. yes <laughs> don't kill me i've never played shantae don't kill me it, there, it's don't really good I mean, if you can get a i mean i think it's on about everything so i thought this game days. was like genius i'm like oh, this looks amazing it plays so well well now i know it's a ripoff it just discounts the game thank you i, I mean it's a really smart thing to do with a licensed game because they kind of did what everyone fails to do and that's make a good licensed game so even mm-hmm. though it's just a reskin of something they already did it's hard to knock them for it i think it's it's pretty good if you're gonna play a movie game on the GBA, you could do far, far. I work. was expecting, I was expecting bad. I've never really played movie games that are good. Oh, I was too. Um, and yeah. so it was a pleasant surprise. I thought you put this in a random, a random game generator, and you pick this one came out. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess we're doing this. And then it was like, way forward came up, like, oh, okay, this is this is gonna be okay at least. Right. I didn't even know it was based off the movie, but they're still doing that. <laughs> What else have they ported <laughs> in reskin? The uh, they made a really good Metroidvania on the that last Mummy movie. Oh, the Mummy Demastered. Yeah, that's yeah, them. that's right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So they're still making these <laughs> Mummy movies. They got a niche, Shantae, and movie licenses. By the way, the the fifth Scorpion King movie came out last year. Okay. Wow, that is yeah. <laughs> exactly five more Scorpion King movies in the world needs. Yep. <laughs> I feel like I need to go back and watch them. You don't. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to my pick. Last one here, Driver 3. Um so the description on this one, the Wheelman returns in his most dangerous adventure yet, an interactive uh driving epic on par with the most intense Hollywood action blockbusters, undertake a variety of high-speed vehicle-based missions and go deeper undercover than ever before. Uh, and then it just kind of goes into like how many weapons and playable things it features. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess if you've, if you're familiar with the driver series, um, I would say driver one and two basically set the precedent for what kicked off the open world game phenomenon, um, which GTA three basically took those elements, especially from driver two um, and flushed a whole game around being able to get in and out of the car Um, driver three i remember having a bunch of fanfare and just kind of bombing hard on like major platforms xbox Mm -hmm. playstation 2 i mean it just could not keep up uh with what grand theft auto had done Uh, i will say this though on the gba is a very competent um game it's one of those games that tries to do 3d on the game boy advance which it's capable of to some extent but not real well Uh, i would say it pulls the illusion off pretty good um, you can hop in and out of your car. You can go shoot people, uh, which is kind of awkward. But the driving feels good. The sound effects feel good. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, it's it's. I know there were Game Boy or DS versions of like Grand Theft Auto games, but I don't think there was a GTA on the Game Boy Advance that I'm aware of. So this kind of captures the essence of you know hopping in and out of the world and stealing cars and doing dumb crap. Um, I don't know. It's 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 a driver game though. I mean, it runs pretty good. Yeah, I, they did port the first two Grand Theft Autos to uh, GBA, but that's top down. Okay, you sure. Know, where this 2D, is trying yeah. to, yeah, this is trying to do GTA three style, and yeah. for the most part, it pulls it off pretty well. It, like you said, it it I actually was really impressed with how sharp everything looked. Mm-hmm. A lot of the textures were kind of blurry. Yeah, I was gonna say the road like, warping was weird, but well, yeah, it, it, you play it and. It, feels like you're looking through, you're playing it through a snow globe kind of because like the, the edges wrap around in a weird circular way i've ps1 kind of does that but not right. anywhere close to this extent <laughs> yeah but yeah it's but the buildings and everything like the textures aren't real sharp but they made them sharp in a way that you can tell what they are really well i guess i don't know i was surprised to see i mean driver games in general are a decent sized game and so to see something of that open world-esque type game on the gba is kind of cool um it looked a little weird for me i know what they were trying to pull off but i was getting a little sick at time well <laughs> that yeah that wrap around it yeah. just it was kind of weird and i hate games when you turn and everything kind of turns it just feels very unnatural um I thought it was funny when you go through the tutorial and you get in your car and you drive and you get your gun and then they say, go clean up the streets. Like I just went out and started (laughs) shooting like everything. It was just, yeah, I was probably making things more uh, chaotic and like the first mission that you go to and you start running into to guys, I think that's funny. Like go clean up the streets, go shoot them and just go take care of it without, uh, without any remorse. Um, But it, it, it's a fun game. Drive around and shoot things and do some missions. It's it's pretty fun. Yeah. I thought it was funny too, like in that first level when you approach that first building. Did anyone else clip into the curb? Like apparently your ca- your character is yeah. unable of just stepping up a curb, so you must use the yeah. jump button to hop up on the curb. I'm like, are you kidding me? You couldn't have just left this all flat textured? Like, come on. Yeah, whatever that space was where you pick up your gun. Yeah. Yeah, that was... It's bizarre. And then, and then there's just guys running around. Like, you gotta shoot them. You gotta <laughs> yeah, shoot there's no guys. motive. Yeah. Just kill them. Just clean Why up not? the streets. That's it. <laughs> These crazy people just running in this parking lot, just mow them down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I don't think it does anything amazing, but it definitely feels like a competent handheld version of that style of game, um, considering the hardware. I think the graphics are amazing for what they pulled off. Yeah. Well, and there wasn't a whole lot of slowdown. I mean, definitely pop in and stuff, but mm-hmm. it was pretty solid. I spent a good amount of time just like whipping around the block, hand braking, and that was fun. I could do that for a while. When you're uh, when you're driving the car and you run into something, you bounce back, <laughs> but you're still damaging your car. You're like, I feel like my car's out of made out of rubber here because I just bounced back twenty feet and now. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was pretty comical. All right, verdict time. Let's go back up to the top, Andy. What do you think? 
Uh, my buy is going to be Scorpion King. I would definitely keep playing that a lot longer. That was a quality video game on something that where you see the title and it's not. <laughs> um, yeah, I I would definitely play that one more. Um, and my rent. Oh man, I think it's gonna be Mr. Pants. <laughs> wow. What? Because I I mean I like puzzle games quite a bit, and this one really kind of scratch that like oh i've never seen a mechanic like this where it's it's kind of like tetris but also negative tetris because you have to take away the overlapping pieces to form so there's two ways to think about it it's like tetris twice at the same time plus i i kind of like the weirdness to it even if it got a little bit too weird i don't know <laughs> i think there's undertones of like pedophilia in there i don't know i it, think it might it could it be crosses a line <laughs> it could be <laughs> Hey kids, you want to try some puzzles? Oh boy. And yeah, I think my burn's going to be dry, dry, drier. Yep, nailed it. Because, I don't know, it's tough to go back to. I think it's really impressive what they did on the Game Boy. But unlike, you know, some of the other kind of pseudo 3D games like Tony Hawk and X for Sever, like I think I enjoyed playing those more where this is really clunky. <laughs> Sure. I can see that. Nate, how about you? Man, Andy, I'm surprised by that. I thought it was very clear cut. You surprise me every time. Uh, <laughs> the buy is going to be Scorpion King. That's just, it's probably more selfish reasons. I, I really enjoy those style of games. I love platformers. It's just, so I'm always going to gravitate to that more. But it is impressive. It looks great. It plays really well, even though it is a reskin now that I know that. And uh, so that's going to be my buy. My rent is going to be Driver. Um, I think there's a lot to that game. It's a decent sized game. And um, that's one that I could find myself just renting in a store, sitting on a full weekend and just driving around. And I think it is very impressive what they did back then and it doesn't really translate well now but uh it looks like there's just some sustenance and that means that i wouldn't have to uh have to choose that uh that awful mr pants game so i just wanted to <laughs> push that push that away as far as i could i don't want to be associated with that game whatsoever You're torching your pants <laughs> it's i'm torching those pants uh they that game was obnoxious and I just want to play Tetris. I just want to sit down. I want to play Tetris. I don't want to hear pants, pants. <laughs> and I don't want to hear the obnoxious music. I don't like the panic with that. I don't know what's going on. I, I had maybe two minutes with the game and I'm like, no, I can't do this. I'm done, Mr. Pants. I'm not a fan of pants. I'm a fan of pants, not Mr. Pants. That's really weird. Ryan, how about you? Noted. All right. So after playing all these games last night, my pick was my buy. I thought for sure was going to be Mr. Pants just because like the humor and the absurdity kind of, I'm like, I must own this. It's so bizarre, but I hated the puzzle game. I I was not a fan of it. Um, So I'm going to buy the the obvious choice, the actual like best quality game, uh, Scorpion King. Um, I like Shantae. I like way forward. I like what they did with this. 
yeah, it's a reskin of like something they've already done, but it's a good formula and it makes for a good game, uh, which I wasn't expecting at all. So that's that's awesome because this game is way better than any of those movies. Um, I'm going to rent uh, Driver 3. Just, I mean, it, it's one of those examples again on the on the GBA where they've done 3D to surprising amount of success, I guess. Um, I like the way it felt like I was playing a pretty primitive version of Grand Theft Auto 3. Uh, it was fine. I didn't, it didn't blow me away, but I could see myself sinking some time into that. And as much as it saddens me, I'm going to burn Mr. Pants, even though I kind of love how completely asinine that entire thing is. Um, and to be honest, if I was just going to have to like, if all three of these cartridges were put in front of me, I would buy Mr. Pants in real life. But like as a game in the context of Byron burn, I just, I have to, I have to light that poor bastard on fire. I mean, I don't know what he's doing, presenting puzzles to kids in his underpants. It's not right. <laughs> it's not right at all. Sorry, Mr. Pants, you're burnt. Another... Oh boy. There... What? There is something on the Rare Replay about, there's like a little documentary video or whatever about the making of Mr. Pants. Oh gosh, I'm going to have to watch this now. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch that at some point. All right, another Byron burn in the books. It's Mr. Pants. Mr. Pants is a crassly drawn stick man. He was created by Lee Loveday in an attempt to bring some quirky British humour to our website. And apparently he sent out a call to try and get an artist to draw him a character and no one would. So just to kind of spite everyone, he drew this horrible stick figure. Which was like a kind of fat matchstick man wearing pants with a bowler hat and a clipboard. So he was completely official. I'm not sure if everybody in America fully understood the concept because what they term pants, Mr. Pants doesn't actually wear. All right, so moving on from Byron Byrne, this episode we're going to do something a little bit different. We have an interview coming up uh, with Cassidy of Replay Games. Nate and I were able to sit down with him, uh, talk about his um, awesome business here in the Fargo-Moorhead area, and uh, he gave us a little insight to uh, making that a reality. So here we go. Uh, we'll transition to the interview. All right. So um, we are downtown at the Fantastic Replay Games, I'm sitting down with Cassidy. Um, new business in town or newish? You've been here about a year now? Yeah, just over a year. Uh, 13 months, June 1st. So awesome. I know uh, we're all fans of this place, but um, I thought we'd sit down and just talk about. You know, the shop, what you do, um, and just kind of go from there. Sure. So, yeah, I am the owner of Replay Games, and I co-own it with my wife, Tish, and we joke that my two-year-old's the CEO. Um, but, yeah. And I've so, actually seen some of the posts of yeah. him, like, walking down the sidewalk, and you have, like, yep. a picture of him, and they're like, we, there's we the CEO. utilizing the, the boss baby hashtag, so <laughs> um, it's always fun, and, and he, he loves being here with the customers and stuff like that. And he refers to everybody as friends and especially with birthday parties, he will start crying when they leave, which is hilarious. So like our customer retention rates really high, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, we, we, yeah, we 
run and manage and own replay games, which uh, were a uh, uh, modern day video game arcade. Basically, um, we wanted to focus on like if a retail store wasn't just chasing that dollar, um, we wanted to buy, sell, trade, offer games for rent for people, especially with these old titles that become really expensive to get. Um, that you want to spend 200 bucks on a game that you might not even like. And so we created this idea that like my wife really tells the story of the best is that as long as she's known me and we've been together for 13 years, um, that I've talked about this kind of idea is like, wouldn't it be cool if there's a place that you didn't have to just buy games, we also play games. And, you know, she just kind of got fed up with this idea of me talking about it. So she, <laughs> she put her foot down. She's like, do the research, find out if it's worth it, write a business plan. And so I did that and here we are. <laughs> so she was actually hoping that it would shut me up because it would be that the research uh, would show that it wasn't a good idea. And it was like, after doing some of the big things where it was like um, finding out that, you look at the average game between being lengthwise between 12 to 15 hours in length, sure. um, 60 bucks a new title. It's like, well, if you're buying new titles at that rate, your entertainment hour is about eight bucks an hour. That doesn't include buying your TV, the systems and all that stuff, controllers. And I mean, what are the joy cons like 70 bucks for a new oh, set yeah. of controllers? So at least, yeah. yeah. So it's like, you're easily reaching 12 to 15 bucks an hour. If you go into that regard, um, especially, you know, if you want that nice OLED TV or something like that. But, um, so we wanted to be able to create an environment that focuses on playing games as well as selling games. And, um, because of the arcade attached to it, we're able to pay a little bit more for the trade-ins and then uh, sell for a little bit less just to help the community out and establish a community around that. Sure. Um, so yeah, and then um, like I said, I did the research. We discovered that interesting that di uh, dynamic about the the pay per hour kind of stuff, and um, we started looking at you know the the basics of what does it take to get financing for a business and stuff like that, and the joyous conversations with banks, <laughs> right? To go in and say, all right, I have an idea. It's video game related and you probably yeah. were like, nah, we're out. Like, we don't even want to talk about that. So. Very hardcore business professional people that, you know, video games are a distraction to them kind of mentality. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, uh, the, the first guy I sat down with actually laughed in my face about the idea, which was a great way to start a conversation. Right. Um, I mean, I had a business plan and that was a big thing that every, I sat down with five different banks sure. and before one said, okay, let's do it. And so it's like, you know, they're worse than a job interview. You're sitting down for three hours and I have this 40 page business plan that I've written and they all agreed that I had a really well designed business plan, but because no one's done it, they had to assume maximum risk. And they're like, we just don't think it's viable. It was like, well, why don't you let me apply for the loan and find out if I qualify for the loan and we go from there. Right. But like even our personal bank, they wouldn't even let us apply for the loan, which is garbage is because especially we were utilizing the bank of North Dakota has got some really great entrepreneurship grants. And, loan programs basically so um beginner entrepreneur uh loan funding program basically what they do is they they guarantee a loan to the bank so even though they're another bank they're the ones that are going to assume the risk they uh i think when it's all said and done like we needed a bank to just say yes and bank of north dakota was going to put a 95 percent guarantee on that loan for that bank so it's like the bank really had no risk assessment right, right? they're they're losing five percent of 130 $115,000 loan so five thousand bucks which i essentially paid in the closing costs like they're, they're they've made their money back at this point right um so it was really frustrating to deal with like those first four lenders whereas like you deal with that they're literally like 
pulling the staples out of your business plan to tear through it and like asking a million questions. And then they're like, okay, well, we'll get, we'll be in touch. And a week later they say no. Right. So you're, you're sinking a ton of time into it, a ton of investment into that. And then to get that, no, it's like, okay, we go back to the drawing board. Like, cause that's one thing is that they just don't feel good about it. It's all based off of how they feel about it. They right. don't tell you what is their issue with it. Of course they would love to see me have, dollar for dollar of what I'm asking for. But if I had $115,000, I wouldn't be asking for a loan. Right. <laughs> so, right. you know. So, I mean, this really shows that um, just how much you believe in this model and, mm. and replay games itself. Yeah. It's not, I'm just going to do this and here's a loan. Like you've done your research, you've done everything that you needed to do. Um, and so that shows that like you're just mm. passionate about, about this and having something like this in the community. Cause there is, nothing else like this that I've even heard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a very unique, unique model. Yeah. And like, so like I said, we would go back to the drawing board of the business plan and it's like, okay, what can we do that would just kind of sweeten the pot a little bit more. And so it's like, we even had a section in our business plan that's like, if this fails, how are we going to pay back the loan? Um, you know, step one, we get full-time jobs again. Cause this is what our full-time job is currently. Sure. Um, we will start selling inventory at a redu- reduced rate just because we need to move some capital kind of thing. Um, and, you know, worst case scenario is that we have to sell out and then we work from home or do whatever we need to do for, you know, closing the store down, but we still have to make this loan payment back um, that, you know, we don't want to default on this loan kind of thing. And so we got some interesting nods toward that, but it wasn't, again, letting us get this loan going. And uh, it ended up that a, a friend of mine who is a huge, uh, he likes to surf imager. And so he will, he found a article from a company that posted that they're celebrating seven years that in 2017, um, uh, Level Up Game Center in Augusta, Georgia. Okay. And I was like, hey, this is similar to what you were talking about with starting. You should check this out. And so, of course, I did. And it was like, yeah, if... If we had a computers and we had our own like pizza oven and stuff like that, and we were a balls distribution <laughs> kind of center, um, getting those energy drinks going, but uh, like they were exactly the same essentially. The sure. only thing we didn't have was foosball tables and PCs essentially. Sure, sure. Um, but uh, they were doing a lot of similar stuff, and so I was like, "This is really cool." And they've been in business. I can't remember if there was a seventh or eighth year that they were celebrating, but anyways, I reached out to them and I was like, Hey, I'm working on a similar business model. Do you have any pointers you want to give? Um, so he was like, yeah, definitely use us for risk assessment. Here's what we're doing. And, uh, ended up creating a pretty cool relationship with this. You know, they're down in Augusta, Georgia. I probably will never get a chance to see them, but someday I hope to. Um, but it was just kind of cool that Robert Steele's the owner down there. And he's like, you know, all about community kind of thing. And that was already what I was trying to establish here. Right. And so we were able to take that conversation, that information and apply it to our business plan as well. And um, the funny thing was, is I took all this information. It's like, okay, I'm pretty defeated at this point at four banks saying no. And the only thing that kept me going there was my cousins have a chiropractic business in Oklahoma that, that they approached nine banks. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, if we get to nine banks and we say no, then we're, we'll try something else. <laughs> right. right. We'll wait a few years or whatever. Right. So that was like my driving force. But anyways, we took that information from Level Up and added it to the business plan. I emailed four different banks to um, 
who do I talk to about business loans and stuff like that? And of those four, Gate City was one of the ones that responded right away. Um, talked to a guy named Rick over there. He's fantastic to work with. And um, yeah, send me your business plan. You know, well, at least see what you look like on paper kind of thing. Um, and like the funny thing was, is they don't normally take outside business loans. That you have to be a customer for at least a year kind of thing normally. Sure. Um, so he, he liked what he saw in the business plan. He's like, okay, well, let's do the credit poll and see what that looks like. And hey, that looks great and stuff like that. So the bank manager, um, that was the first question he came back with was like, are you currently a customer of Gate City? And it's like, no, but if that's all it takes, like, I'll <laughs> sign me up, savings yeah. accounts and everything. <laughs> exactly. So anyways, yeah, we went through all these uh, terrible interview processes to get that no out of it. And then with Gate City, it was like a bunch of emails and 15 minutes on the phone. And like we didn't have that annoying process. Yeah, like, that's amazing. It was just all application. But um, what we did not expect with that was that it took like six months for them to finalize the application and get it submitted and everything crossed and checked and everything. And so I was like, with my previous job, I was working full time. They knew I was working on this idea. But... They're like, hey, CJ, when's the uh, update coming for this job that you're working on this business? And it's like, it's, I'm in the pendulum loop, basically. I don't know what's happening. Um, and so I was like, I first told them about it in June of 2017. And by December 28th, we had the money finally. Wow. So it was like literally the end of the year, right? Yeah. And like, it was getting close to where we were told we we're getting close. We don't know if we actually are getting anything because unless it's in your hand, you don't have anything. Right. Um, but I was like, you know, kind of taking that leap of faith. It's like, okay, we're going to jump with both feet in kind of thing. Lord, take the wheel. <laughs> so we, uh, uh, I quit my job November 14th and it was like a month and two weeks before we found out we even had the loan. <laughs> yeah. So that was, uh, that was scary, but we had some surprise funding come in that we were able to kind of deal with our bills uh, and get our debt kind of knocked down a little bit to start something if it's going to happen. So awesome. it at least gave us that breathing room. If it wasn't going to happen, I could look for other work or whatever. So. But uh, yeah, it just happened to work out the way it needed to. So awesome! And we're sitting in this this awesome room, and uh, our listeners can't capture what we're seeing. Uh, why don't you explain uh, the stations that you have all around here? What's on them? Uh, and uh, just kind of explain maybe what's popular, sure. what's not. And yeah, so like I mentioned about, uh, we wanted to create an environment that was not just buying and selling games. We didn't want to be looking like we're chasing a dollar by any means. Um, we wanted that very casual community feel. We wanted people to come in and come back. Um, and so I was really intentional about how the ecosystem was going to play out. Um, and so we got the Xbox One all the way to the Atari 2600. We got um, Nintendo Switches, uh, PlayStation 4 Pros, our Xbox Ones are the One X model. Um, and then when you get older, it's like, okay, well, you'll see that I have a bunch of flat screen TVs here. And um, if you've been into retro gaming at all, you know that retro TVs don't normally, especially new TVs, don't play well with the retro consoles. Right. Um, and so we were really intentional about how to give these consoles a breath, breath of fresh air. Um, so we have frame meisters hooked up to the old stuff. And then eventually I'll get the cables I need for the 64 and regular Nintendo, but we're upscaling RGB content and stuff like that. So it makes it look really good too. So anyways, yeah, we have 24 stations uh, split across 40 years of gaming. Um, we don't got some of the niche consoles yet where I'd love to get like a Turbo Graphics or a PC Engine. We got um, a Virtual Boy at least. Yeah, we got a Virtual Boy just recently. Um, a guy dropped off a Magnavox Odyssey 2, so that's pretty cool. I think I saw that. Um, I have a C64, Commodore 64 that I'm... Uh, it was in the back of a wood shop, so I don't know if it runs yet, but 
you know, worst case, it just might need some capacitors. We'll see. But um, so eventually we'll add service to our <laughs> list of services that we do. But anyways, um, yeah, so we were talking about that really unique look, like especially with the retro stuff, you normally want a bunch of CRT monitors and stuff like that. Um, one, it's hard to get a universal look with CRT monitors because you're only stuck with what you can find available locally. And you're probably going to be fixed to really weighted down TVs. And um, to get an entertainment center that's going to handle all those kind of TVs was just going to be a nightmare. And so um, we did create a, a nice look where we got um, a lot of furniture from Ikea. And I probably won't ever use Ikea again from a business relationship <laughs> standpoint just because it was a nightmare to get this much product up to Fargo. Right. Um, so we don't have one here. The at closest all. is in Twin Cities. Yeah. yeah. Three and a half, four hours. Yeah. And so, um, and like their thing was that they don't ship unless the truck is full, which means absolutely nothing to anybody because um, we don't know how big the truck needs to be <laughs> or anything like that. So we, uh, we've been working with them for a long time. We'd gone down a couple different trips to um, the city's area just for fun and stuff like that. And every time we go to Ikea just to see what's there. And I instantly fell in love with these chairs called Poeng chairs. And you can see them on the Ikea website, but they're a cool... Um, my personal take on is I really am obsessed with Japanese culture. So they're a Japanese design Norwegian chair, I guess you could say. They're Japanese inspired anyways with the Bentwood frame. But uh, I did not want to do the rolling computer style chairs. That's right. a little stereotypical and I, I just feel like it's not needed kind of thing. It right. wasn't going to create the atmosphere I wanted. Um, but yeah, we instantly fell in love with these chairs. And of course, how to work. She, The lady we were working with was like, okay, when you're ready to order these chairs um they knew that the the cushion that we like was going to get discontinued but it wasn't going to get discontinued till may 1st but what she didn't tell me was that they were pulling it from the website in the middle of march oh and of course it's like third week of march and i'm going to try to order them finally after we got all the funding and stuff and we got our space actually leased out and so we're, we're signed and ready to move in that it's like oh now we can't order the cushions we wanted and the only two choices they had at the time was a uh, black and white floral pattern nice that's or, what you needed or a uh, vertical jail bar stripe <laughs> and i was just like the jail bar stripes would have been close because it's black and white. It's kind of our main themes with the color choicing. Um, but it was just like, this sucks kind of thing. And, <laughs> and of course, they're like 20 bucks more for the cushions than oh, sure. these just standard black ones. And so um, I was pretty pissed off when I ended up calling them and be like, hey, what's the deal here? And she's like, well, we don't have the information yet that they're going to be creating these replacement cushions. They're going under a different name with the other exact same cushion for the same price, thankfully. But it wasn't until like the second week of April that they were going to receive them in stock. Mm. So she was special ordering a bunch of these because we were getting 60 of these chairs um, that they were only going to get like 10 originally kind of thing. And so she special ordered them. And it was just like getting the stars to align to get this order complete. And so just for chairs, just for chairs. And then, yeah. So thankfully the entertainment units and these side tables were very simple to get, but um, yeah. So we ended up, you know, we, we went, she's like, okay, they're coming in on Tuesday and you have to pick them up because we don't have space to store them here. It's like, well, you know, I'm in Fargo. So that means that if you get them on Tuesday, I need to be there in Tuesday with a U-Haul ready to go. Right. And so thankfully it all worked out, but it was just like such a nightmare to get down there, rent out a U-Haul, bring it back. And then because we got snowed in down there, cause you know, it's the upper Midwest. Um, we ended up spending an extra day down in the city. So the U-Haul got delayed for its return date. So we got charged the overnight fee. It was like, oh, stupid, gosh. but Yeah. So anyways, yeah, long story short, we're all here now. And then it's like, okay, we, we got him in, uh, 
we came in on Tuesday, got them, brought them here Thursday, and then within a week, by the next Thursday, we did uh, our Fargo Game Makers meetup here, and I had all the chairs and stuff built by then. <laughs> and nice. so, you know, it's nice. Ikea, so you had to build it all. Right, right? yeah. So, yeah, all the tables, all the entertainment units, the chairs were all built by that next uh, Thursday, and it was primarily just me doing it, you know, 14-hour day shifts kind of thing to get them put together. So <laughs> so if I ever need some Ikea furniture built, right. don't call me. <laughs> I'm, I'm good for a while. <laughs> so when it comes to the councils, the TVs, the environment that you have, I mean, my favorite thing is always the games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your library of games. What do you have? Um, what is popular? What are a lot of people playing? Yeah, it's it's funny too because, you know, if they're kids that are, you know, teenage, they're, they're going to play Fortnite, which right. we get a lot of jokes because it's like, you have that at home. It's a free it's game. It's a free why, game. Yeah. Why come here and pay money? To, yeah. But it is cool to bring back that couch gaming environment. So they're able to play with each other. Um, you know, I have all my consoles set up for Fortnite for the Switches, PS4s, and Xbox Ones. Plus they're cross-platform compatible. So you can play a Switch with a PS4, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And so, yeah, we can do up to 12 Fortnite consoles yeah. here. Um, so, like I said, they're able to play with each other and they're not just screaming at each other through the interweb somewhere. Um, they can hit each other. They can actually please. punch uh, each other. Yes. Which the way gaming like, should be. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so, uh, but uh, yeah, no, popular game-wise, I mean, with the each console, they, they have their heavy hitters. Um, Nintendo's always going to be a Mario title or Zelda title. Um, segue for that is uh, I had a kid come in the other day that he wanted to play Zelda for the Xbox. And I was like, does not exist <laughs> but if you want it was like he's like i want to play zelda and then i go which zelda there's like 17 of them <laughs> i have them all but which one do you want to play actually that's a lie i don't have the oracle ones but <laughs> anyways uh yeah he, he's like i just want to play legend of zelda it's like okay do you want to play the original one and i know how this is gonna go <laughs> and so yeah we set him up on a regular nintendo playing some legend of zelda and about two minutes later he came up he's like do you got a newer one <laughs> <laughs> anything that looks like yeah. normal so I, I put him on breath of the wild and he had a fun with that but it was just hilarious i was like i want to play zelda it's like okay let's narrow that a little bit so <laughs> right but uh no we got uh what are we at? 4,700 games now. So wow. almost 5,000. Um, when I started the store with my personal collection, I had 1,700 games, which a lot of them were going to be the crappy sports titles, right? So <laughs> those are easy to get. But I did, we do have a couple of the, the big ones. Um, I wish I had an American version, but I do have Rockman X3, so Mega Man X3. Yep. Uh, it's like a $200 cartridge kind of thing. We got Valkyrie Profile 2 for PlayStation 1. Um, the nice thing is we have that one complete with manual too, so that's always fun. Um, Random things that showed up was we got the disc for Blood Will Tell, like a $90 disc. I just couldn't believe that one. Um, Harvest Moon for the Super Nintendo showed up. So that was uh, my cost alone was like 117 bucks on that one. So And it's like a $200 cartridge kind of thing. So. so anything that's in your library of games, are you selling that as well? Or is it just strictly I'm going to hang on to these for the store? Yeah. So that's what creates a unique business model for us is that when we do a trade-in, We offer a lot for a game, 60% value for uh, a game we don't have already. And so with that, those ones go to the arcade and they're for the arcade. Um, The only way that they leave the store is through rentals. And so we rent games for eight bucks a week. With a game like Harvest Moon, you're definitely going to be putting down a deposit for that one because we want it to come back. Right. (laughs) But again, it's like, you know, it's a community supported store. So um, we want our members to treat the store as if it's their own because it's not just my store it's our store um so yeah as um we we have that unique business model because because we spend money you know that's a business expense to buy a game 
well, we're offering 60% value. Well, then 40% profit margin theoretically there means that we're instantly getting equity into the store. So that's just a really different kind of business model. Whereas um, you think about GameStop, all their equity is what they're trying to sell merchandise-wise. They, they um, Toys R a little bit of a segue is Toys R Us, um, they're doing well still as far as the corporation goes because they were able to sell themselves to a private yep. uh, equity investor that bought all those store physical locations. GameStop doesn't have that that doesn't have that luxury kind of thing. So we were kind of intentional about how we're going to build the store and not go that route. Um, so the arcade is able to be a, a fixed equity asset for us. And so we're able to take in new games like that pretty consistently from the um, demographic, the community here. And so when it's a game that we already have, we offer 30% value. So, and as far as I know, that's still like three times more than anybody else in the area. Yeah. Yeah. So especially for cash. Um, we, so if anybody wants to do that, they just got to call and be like, do you have this game? If they want to play that game, I mean, it's, it works out for both parties. In right. Region, sure. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we also list all of our games on our website too, that people could be like, oh, he doesn't have this game listed. It must be, you know, and part of it is we're in the middle between two different plugins for our inventory. But theoretically, you could try to rig that game if you wanted to. Um, but like I said, it's going to be beneficial for both both parties either way. Yeah. Um, do you do like a store credit value at all, or is that always just a yeah? Cash? So it's a sixty percent and thirty percent based on if we have it or not. And then if you want the credit, you get a twenty five percent kicker bonus. So, okay. Yeah. Nice. So you know thirty thirty yeah, percent and twenty five percent on top of that. It's not fifty five percent, but it's whatever you know. If it was a ten dollars, was your um, 30% value, well, then you get another $2.50 on top of that. So that's a great deal. And I like the way you've obviously through the podcast, you can't see it, but I like the way you've inventoried that. Mm -hmm. Like you get the tablets up front, yep. like sort by genre system. You can browse nice it at theme. home on your phones or whatever. Yeah. So we, and that's the hardest part is there's not a good plugin for because we're also an import store, we have a bunch of Japanese titles that there's not a good plugin that handles both sides of that. So um, we ended up finding um, a plugin that's using the International Games Database or Internet Games Database, mm -hmm. IGDB anyways. Um, and the great thing about that is it's a community curated website. So they have both sides of that. Um, so we're able to showcase, oh, these games are the J Japanese games. These ones are the American games. Um, but the problem is, is when you have... 4,700 games and you have to enter them manually one at a time. Oh my gosh. It takes forever to convert it because we had 3,600 list on the other one. <laughs> and so right. we're, we're slowly converting it over. And like our, I think we just finished PS2 or PS1. I think it was PS2. And that's our largest library of like 700 games. Thanks. And that one took us like six weeks probably of pretty dedicated time to it. And then, of course, you know, with any kind of project, you have your burnouts. And so I was like, I'm kind of sick of that plugin right now. <laughs> and we do consistently get new trade-ins and stuff like that. So it's like all these new games that are coming in. I wait for a batch of 50 and I process it through and make a post on Facebook that, hey, new games just came in. And then I also at that same point will convert that to, to the new plugin, but they're not going into the old plugin. And so that's the one problem that we have right now is it's hard to see the difference between the two plugins. And so it's just one of those, you know, quality of life things that we'll get to eventually, especially when there's only legitimately two people working in the store. So, um, but yeah, so like I, I started uh, with 1700 games in my personal collection. We had a few people donate a, a couple hundred games into a, they're like, hey, I love this idea. Take these games that I don't necessarily want to hold on to. And if I want to play them, I'll come in. Um, so that's really cool. Which like, don't tell my wife that. She'd be like, wait, you can just play those right, games. Yeah. You don't need them. Don't listen. <laughs> Dang it. I love that. I love that replay games is, is really, it's community driven mm -hmm. and it's, 
kind of a one one stop shop for every like you can come play games, you can buy games, mm-hmm. you can rent games, which I didn't even know about. <laughs> um, that's a, that's amazing. Well, you've always been really you know with the community focus, great about opening the doors. Like mm-hmm. this isn't the first time we've recorded here, right? Like you've opened the door and let us come in and do some other stuff for the podcast. Yeah, we do the mm-hmm. Fargo Game Maker stuff that we yep. meet in, and we've got other people that is like, hey, can I bring my board game in and play with my buddies? And it's oh, like, nice. yeah, go for it. So I mean, we we want to utilize the space as much as possible. So we do birthday parties and. Um, corporate events if you want to bring in alcohol and stuff like that um we've done six bachelor parties so really? <laughs> yeah nice. so it's just been really cool to see that. what the community brings in for that too um and then we do goofy things like you know it's like what is it june 31st or something that is harry potter's birthday so we had a harry potter day so i had like as many stations as possible hooked up with harry potter um and so like i even have a couple like if you want to play japanese harry potter sorcerer stone like for the ps1 yes, um nice. it's actually called the philosopher's stone in the uk apparently so <laughs> but uh or at least in japan i should say but uh um yeah and then we had like trivia harry potter up on the tvs and stuff like that so but yeah, and so it's uh, we like I said, people are interested in this idea. They're excited for this idea. So we've had people that will just donate games, you know, kind of good life and kind of to us, goodwill, I should say. Um, and uh, um, we we by the time we're getting ready to open the store, we probably had close to two thousand games in our inventory. Um, but we got lucky too, where uh, um, I was still working on the business plan, and you want to talk about putting skin into the game early on. Cashways Video Clothes, which is a local rental yep. store that. I think it was the last one or close to the last one. So nearly, and maybe premiere. Yeah, they were first. They're close to the same time. But anyways, they. I think I bought six hundred games from them for like five bucks a piece, kind of thing. So you know that was a pretty good money investment there. Right, and we didn't even know if we had a store yet, kind of thing. Sure. Um, But you know, we got a ton of games between uh, the. Uh, current gen in the previous generation of games for five six bucks a piece so it was really a good way to get a nice boost on especially like i i personally don't care for microsoft products i don't care for the xbox one but um especially from the store's perspective it's just harder to work with the xbox ones as far as the their policy schemes and stuff go there's a couple of good points i have on them but i can talk about that later but anyways um yeah so it was nice to get a, a nice little starting inventory for those consoles that i didn't have because sure. um, then like you talk about like um, how do you get an inventory for all these different systems when you got 40 years of gaming and um, there's what 17,000 plus physical release titles out there it's so, like we we don't even have a third of that yet <laughs> um, but anyways uh, um, Sam's Club and Moorhead closed and so we got a bunch of games for that were brand new still sealed for 50 to 75% off Toys R Us closed I talked about that so I got a bunch more games for 50 to 75% off so uh, I definitely went over budget of our initial budget for buying games um, but I think it's definitely helped just expand the store quicker um, but uh, yeah so when we were finally opening the store like I said we were maybe on the cusp of 2,000 games um, getting ready to open and then after all that was said and done we uh, we were at 3,600 games and the last uh, lucky luck of the draw type deal is I was working on starting to purchase some of the games that we definitely wanted to have for the arcade um, through eBay and JJ Games and stuff like that, price charting. Um, we ended up getting uh, this uh, tip that a guy in New York was closing his store. and uh, It was a video game store. He had a bunch of import titles as well. And he had it listed on eBay for $12,000. And I was like, man, that's like 3,500 games. It was going to average like two to three bucks a piece plus I think three or four dozen consoles. And like I said, it's a mix between everything. And so I was like, do I want to try to just 
bid war this because I think the bid was like eight thousand dollars and the buy now is twelve thousand and I let it sit for like seven days and he had a thirteen day listing on it and nobody was bidding on it yet but I was still scared to just put the eight thousand down so that's <laughs> most people yeah, would yeah yeah and so we 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 didn't want to risk because as soon as somebody bids on something then you can't buy it anymore sure. um, so I was just like you know what. Let's just let's buy it in for two or three bucks a game. We can see what we get, and we we did the twelve thousand dollar purchase, and so okay. that was a lot of money very quickly. Um, but it worked out really well. Like I said, I think we we got about thirty two hundred games out of it. Um, so we were able to open the store with thirty six hundred unique titles, and we had about eighteen hundred ready for sale. So and that's nice. what it really is all about. I mean, that's what drives your business yep. anyways are the games that, exactly. that people are playing. So Yeah, and so yeah, we got a couple of those rare titles. Uh and that lot came with that Valkyrie profile too. So you know, like I said, complete inbox, that's two hundred and eighty bucks right there. Um and then uh I got Rockman X one, two and three with Rockman seven and soccer for the Super Nintendo. Like collectively they're like thirteen hundred dollars. And I think I spent two hundred and fifty bucks on eBay with that. So like that was a pretty sweet steal. So nice. yeah, um, I mean, like you don't really need to know Japanese to play those games. So if you really need, you can get a transcript online or whatever. But there's very little story. It's all gameplay in those. So, but uh, yeah, so that was really cool. And um, yeah, when it comes to popular games, it's really going to be those heavy hitters. Um, Mario Kart, GoldenEye, those ones are huge on the 64. Classics, um, classics, exactly. Um, the Super Mario All Stars is a good one for the Super Nintendo. Um, we actually have the Super Mario All Stars Plus World cartridge, so that's uh, a little bit more of a unique cartridge too. Um, and you're bringing new things in all the time. Exactly. I mean, I saw you post when Mortal Kombat came out. Yeah, uh, you jumped on that. Yeah. Uh, you said uh, when I walked in here tonight, you got a new Switch game that yeah. uh, that you were checking out. So yeah, so we try to get you know, especially the, it's it's hard to pre pre-order games anymore just because you, you do you jump on the hype train or not right. um there's so many games that are coming out that get talked up so much then they're just a huge letdown and <coughs> anthem um <laughs> yeah so well, that you bring up an interesting point there with like a game like anthem is a perfect example like that has to be a pain for you because you've got to get these games get them installed and then the day one mega patch yep. like, has to be a nightmare so, yeah so update tuesday is kind of how it goes okay. <laughs> um there's a and the nice thing is most of the games are good at self-updating, but then sure. the Switches are weird. It's like they're all set to self-update, but they only do like the first 12 in your most recently played. Um, if it's past that point, they won't update. Okay. So it's really not. weird. And Xbox One is like hit or miss. And then some games, like every now and then there's an update for Fortnite that you have to manually update it. It's annoying when it's... I mean, usually they're only like maybe 10 gigs at the most, but it's still annoying when you got a customer ready to play now and it's like, oh, you have to wait 10 minutes for it to download. But And you have multiple TVs exactly. that have to do it and multiple consoles. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. That, that's one of the... You know, back in the good old days, you just pop the cartridge and you play it. So, but... Uh, yeah, so um, a good example for uh, uh, not not Anthem, but Fallout 76. Like, I, I was expecting that one to fly off the shelf, so I bought a couple extra ones to sell, as well as Red Dead Redemption 2 and Soul Calibur 6. They're still sitting there. And there's no way I'm going to get 60 bucks for them. And, you know, my cost is $50, $51 as a vendor. And so it's like, I'm trying to sell Fallout 76 for like 30 bucks now, and it's still sitting there. Sure. And so it's like, I'm not going to get my money out of it. So it's like, we're... We're changing our policy a little bit. That's if you want a new game, we'll we'll split that vendor discount for you, but we have to pre-order it or special order for you. Um, but it's like we're not going to buy every new game that comes out because 
um, we don't know what people are going to be interested in for yeah. one, but then two, it's like a lot of people don't buy games day one anymore because they want to see what the hype is all about. Um, so one of the games that we need to get picked up is like, uh, what is it? Days Gone. Oh, that sure. one's been getting a lot of uh, headway and uh, excitement, I should say, around it. And so it's like, okay, I should have gotten that one, but like I said, how how do you know? So, right. no, that's a good point. You got to balance it a little bit. Yes. Yeah. So you know, it's like I, I'm a pretty well-rounded gamer. I will play anything from role-playing games to sports titles. Um, I I kind of just dabble between everything. And so it's like, if I find it's interesting, I'll I'll pick it up for the store. But unless somebody's requesting it a lot, I I'll just let it sit there, kind of thing. Um, especially because, like I said, I mean, it's going to sit there for however many You're months. stuck with it, yeah. yeah. Although it is pretty funny that I got a couple of high school kids that are really good at, uh, we want to play your weirdest game. And I was like, well, have you played Dora Saves the Crystal Kingdom for the Wii? <laughs> and so, like, we get these high school boys playing these games kind of thing. It's hilarious. Awesome. Um, they're actually a favorite in, in that category is uh, um, Cold Stone Creep- Creamery. Scoop it up for the week. Okay, I, was say this I didn't even know it. I didn't yeah. even know that. It's like a poor job simulator. Yes. You use two two Wii remotes, which is really cool. Yeah. Um. Uh. And it's like literally your left and right hand, and you have to like get the ice cream. <laughs> oh my gosh! They're training. They're, exactly. It's just customer training. And so what's hilarious though is these guys that are, of course they're like, okay, I'm gonna be the left hand, you be the right hand, right? Oh gosh! So that's pretty hilarious. That's and, awesome. Um. So yeah, and it's like, and it's because of those kind of customers though that it justifies any purchase that we make because yeah i might have spent 30 cents on this game that no one's gonna play but it just got to get played once yeah and it, it makes its money back so right. derby stallion for the ps2 has been played twice like i i've got Paid my money it. out of that kind of thing so yeah it's awesome well I, one question i don't know yeah. uh what would you say like the average length of time someone sits and play plays a game it's a good question because, like, we, we bill everything off the hour. So, um, uh, minimum an hour charge. And then after we, we actually are really forgiving with how we do our hours. Um, the closest competitor we have in town is Section 9. And I know that they're a little bit more rigid with their time stuff. And so, um, we're very loose with it. So, like, we will, you know, if it's uh, 7.55 right now, I'll start your time at 8 o'clock. Um, not to mention that my clocks are intentionally slower to give you more time kind of thing. Um, and so... Yeah, we, we give you a five-minute boost there just to, you know, sometimes it's hard to pick a game or, you know, if we're really busy, it takes a second to get the game set up for you. Um, but then also, after a 10-minute grace of the next hour, we'll, we'll automatically go to the second hour. So, we build in a 10-minute buffer because I know the conversation of, come on, kids, we need to go. And, oh, hold on, I need to find a save point. It's like, you're playing an online game. It saves automatically. Let's go. <laughs> right. But um, I remember the, the PS1 days especially where it might take you 25 minutes to get to your next save point and hopefully you don't die by then. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we're, we're really loose on that. And then, you know, even if it's like 11, 12 minutes or whatever, I usually – I'm not going to be a stickler about it. Um, it's actually hilarious how many times a parent will be like, uh, isn't it more or whatever? And I was like, nope, you're only here for, you know, 62 minutes, but I'm not going to charge you a second hour for that. Um, the only time that I'll ever break down an hour is at the end of the day. If you come in within an hour of closing, I'll just charge you for, you know, if you're here for a half hour, I'll sure. just charge you for a half hour. Yeah. But um, any other time, it's you pay by the hour. So, okay. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's funny too, because when we first opened the store, we were doing $3 and $4 an hour based on Tuesday through Thursday or Friday, Saturday with the weekend, um, that our weekends are just much busier that it was like, okay, so we'd get kids that come in with $3 exactly. Well, 
It's $3.23 with the sales tax. And so it was a really funny conversation I had with Section 9 because uh, I'm, I'm, I try to be on really good terms with them um, just because we want to support each other being that they're doing the more hardcore player versus player stuff. And like they, they get hounded, like harassed about increasing their prices. And we came to the turn of the year for the new tax season this year. It's like, you know, let's make it simpler for the customers. We'll, we'll include the sales tax now. Yep. So it's $4 and $5 an hour. Sure. And we got praised for it. Like people were excited that we increased our prices. Like they, they want to see the store stick around. And so they knew that part of that was for, you know, increasing our prices was necessary. So, um, and it's still very reasonable. Exactly. Like it's yeah, not yeah. like you can't go anywhere else and spend four dollars <clears throat> yeah. and have an hour of entertainment. Exactly. So, so we get like you know a family of five come in here and they're spending twenty bucks an hour and they're getting well their value out of it kind of thing. You know, oh, yeah. um, we get a lot of dads that like to show kid uh, their sons like super technical or whatever. Sure. Um, and you know live live those glory days kind of thing. And um, we have a couple CRTs you know specifically for duck hunt kind of thing. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, it's like we, we focus on that younger family where mom and dad gamed a little bit growing up. Um, in some instances, grandma's the gamer in the family, um, which was really, I'll tell you that story in a second. But, um, so we offer that common ground for them to come here to check things out. And, uh, uh, the kids go to play Fortnite, right? And the parents want to play Duck Hunter, Mario or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I had this hilarious conversation with a, a mom brought her two boys in and she was like so you guys using emulators or anything like that and i was just like you know i try not to be stereotypical with any of my conversations but when you get to like that kind of conversation it was one of those where it's like i didn't think i didn't point her out to be a gamer at all so let alone when she throws out a jargon term like emulation i was like nope it's all original hardware and i tried to like do you play games at home she's like no okay <laughs> like i'm trying to like some information out of this person or whatever and so she ends up leaving the two boys there for a little bit and came back later and as the boys were there i was like so how do you know because the one boy asked specifically for donkey kong for the 64 which is a very unique title for requesting from somebody that age right um so that's like so how how come you want to play the 64 is like oh my grandma uh, plays a bunch of games <laughs> and it's like so yeah when the mom came back I was talking to her and yeah her her mom is a huge gamer she had to for the family she'd buy the console you know like the Super Nintendo for instance she bought one for her, the, 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 her and her brother and then she bought her own console for her this was her console <laughs> so the family can use that console but nobody touches her console I love that so it's hilarious that is like for her daughter and the siblings that they had a separate console so grandma was the big gamer which it's very cool and unique. So, nice. but uh, yeah, and then like I said, that community stuff too. I mean, we get um, we had a family come all the way from Carrington to celebrate a birthday in Fargo at Replay Games. Yeah, That's awesome. Which and is like, yeah, what three hours or two, two and, and a half, half hours? So, two yeah, and a half hours it's just away. Just on the other side of Jamestown. Yeah, so. that's amazing. Yeah, and so that was really like surprise reward kind of thing. I was not expecting that kind of uh, commitment or comment kind of thing. Um, also, like with the corporate events, like uh, we had a, I guess you could call it a team building exercise where I, just a, in overhearing somebody talking to another coworker about it, it's like, this is probably one of the better team building events that we've had. And like, that oh, wasn't yeah. even directed at me, which is really cool that I just kind of overheard this conversation. Yep. I mean, video games are escape room. Like, that's <laughs> pretty easy decision. Yeah. So it's really fun to, um, just the conversations we have with people that's and stuff awesome. like that. So, and just kind of validates, you know, 
the conversations I had with the first couple of banks and stuff like that that yeah. said no or, you know, the one guy laughed in my face about the idea and stuff. And so I was just like, you know, we're really focused on creating that community and it's one of those that they could not see that kind of thing. They didn't understand what that kind of community looks like, let alone, I don't know if they, for being community sponsored banks, they didn't seem to understand community kind of thing. So, yeah. um, but yeah, it's just been fantastic to see the response we've gotten for this kind of idea. And it's like, I wanted to, when you're creating your own business or whatever, you have an idea about something, you, you want that fantasy dream of like, this is going to be a big thing or whatever. And so like, of course I want this store to blow up and be huge. But at the same time, you have to think realistically, especially when you're approaching a bank about it. And like I said, we had it written into our business plan. If this fails kind of thing, what's going to happen? And I mean, we're still not making it yet, but we've seen the promise that the store has been able to provide so far. Um, And then coming into our second summer now where last summer, we just had nothing but growth. And then we kind of died down a little bit with the school year um, picking up and lives get busy in the fall and stuff like that. And then as soon as we got out of the cold season in the winter, like we were just booming back to business again. So it's like, okay, we're really excited to see what this summer brings us. So yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. Very awesome. <clears throat> Why don't we've enjoyed stopping in when we can. <laughs> and um, so for anyone listening, you know, what, how do, how do they get in touch with you? Contact info, location, yeah. hours? So Replay Games is located on the corner of 5th Street and 1st Avenue North. Our exact address is 502 1st Avenue North. Um, we joke that we're down in the basement because why play in your parents' basement when you could play in ours? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then we're on the website, uh, www.replaygames.us because um, .com was taken. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, yeah, you can feel free to call uh, 701-478-4263. Easier way to remember that is 478-GAME. Nice. Um, and then, uh, yeah, 702 was really good at hooking us up with that, So, <laughs> nice. um, which we got nice fiber internet here too, so that's always helpful. Um, but uh, yeah, no, um, and then if they want to email me at all, I'm, uh, I check my email pretty regularly as CJ. CJ at replaygames.us. So okay, and then uh, Twitter, Facebook, any of that all stuff. All the social media, yeah. All yeah. the social Just media replay, replay games. games. You should see it. So yeah. okay, we've well, been awesome. really strong with our social media games. So yeah, definitely. So I'm always seeing new posts. <laughs> yeah, so. and we get really creative too about some of the stuff too, especially with uh, being a family-owned business and um, like my mo- my wife is a. a part of like the lady boss group and stuff like that. So sure. um, just kind of that entrepreneurial stuff going on. So. Yeah, well, thanks for taking the time to sit down with us, letting us invade your space once oh, yeah. again. Well, um, it's so funny when people are like, can I take pictures? And it's like, I I would kick you out if you didn't take pictures, right? So <laughs> They're like awesome. hiding their cameras. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just like, I had a customer come in yesterday. He had a friend with him and he's like, can I just pay for an hour to show her around? I was like, you could just show her around. Like, <laughs> walk around. Yeah, you only pay for playing, so it's, you know, looking is free, so. <laughs> That's awesome. I appreciate that he was conscientious about that, but I was just like, yeah, don't worry about it, dude. <laughs>
moving on to the fail bag, where we answer 20-year-old questions from old gaming magazines as if they were addressed to us. Uh, I am in old Nintendo Power of June 1993. Uh, they had a contest, and I just wanted to state that this seems like the weirdest contest in the world of what this person won. As the winner of last September's Players Polled contest, Kelly Kinder received a Miracle Piano teaching system complete with the Super NES and flew to Hollywood to meet rappers DJ Jazzy Jeff, Jet, <laughs> and the Fresh Prince. <laughs> all right. How does the Miracle <laughs> Piano tie into that at all? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Then they went to Disneyland, a couple other things. But yeah, like... <laughs> That's kind of amazing. Meet the yeah. Fresh Prince, and you go to Disneyland. And you get a Miracle Piano. There might be... Can you imagine? That might be... There might be an autographed Will Smith Miracle Piano out there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that would be awesome. Please, let's scour the internet. <laughs> if I ever... If I ever see him in concert... Let's... let's <laughs> it's not going to happen, but if I do, I'm going to be carrying this giant... Miracle piano box. Can you sign this? <laughs> I read in a magazine back in 1993 that you love these things. I think the saddest part of this story is just the fact that this young girl peaked. This was, I mean, this was undoubtedly the best day of her life, and she's just a child. I mean, it was all downhill from there. She's probably yep. a crack whore now. Six kids from 12 different dads. <laughs> I gotta haul that piano. Her. <laughs> well, you, at least she can play it on street corners. Get enough for a a cheeseburger. Oh uh, God! Just does she do like uh, Will Smith covers, like the whole Willanium? <laughs> Be amazing. She's definitely getting jiggy with it. Well, yeah. and the sad part is Jazzy Jeff's probably right there with her. He's still doing backup. <laughs> He's part of the band. <laughs> and even possibly the dad of one of those six kids. We're not sure. At least she had her moment in the sun, I guess. <laughs> she got her miracle. Oh. That was like a perfect tagline. Good job. <laughs> uh, Brian from Calgary, he says, I recently tried Mario Paint, and I must say I am exceedingly impressed. I think a Mario Paint player's guide would be wonderful and a best-selling book. A player's guide? How do you guide? get a player's guide for drawing? <laughs> do you go to the Crayola factory and ask for a player guide? What the fuck? That yeah, is the that was... weirdest request. Uh, not the latest RPG I'm playing that I need the strategy guide. <laughs> I need to figure out this Mario Paint. <laughs> this is intense. How do I draw a puppy? This just blows my mind. I need the tutorial. I think I, I'd have to go back and look through my Nintendo powers. I think there's a Mario Paint one. Yeah, there's a feature. And I don't know if I've ever read what is happening with it. I that would be very entertaining on how they play up this clip art game. I just don't yeah, recall love to see a guide for it. Yeah, that'd be great. I just don't recall anyone like playing that game as a child and being like, this is fantastic. Like, 
what I mean, maybe I was alone in thinking like, oh, that's a thing. But it just never caught my attention, I guess, other than the fly swatter game or like making the horrible soundtracks as, we, as we've talked <laughs> about before. Which, how are you going to put in a guide? Are you going to explain like, what the right. dog makes this noise? It's cat, cat, dog, dog, <laughs> dog, dog, cat, 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 <laughs> masterpiece. <laughs> It's just like ta- just a book full of tabs for. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yes, this could this could be awesome. Now I think he might be onto something. First, I <laughs> thought he was an idiot. <laughs> I was trying to think of like the thickness of that that booklet. It would just be like a front and back like piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. No, man, it'd be like the old yellow pages you get thrown on your doorstep. It's like eight hundred pages, and it's like, why do I need all this? <laughs> I don't know, but there's a coupon discount code to Domino's Pizza. This is fantastic. That is the weirdest request that I'm pretty sure I've heard. Mm-hmm. I need to uh, check if they have one because it the in the answer, oh my gosh, there is one. What? No. There is a real Mario player's, Paint player's guide? guide. Yep. Oh, how the hell? <laughs> what? It's on Walmart for $195. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh, there was. That is ridiculous. This is this has got to be one of those like in-between episode things though, right? From Nintendo Power? Maybe not. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably like one of it those It looks things. like one. Yeah, it looks kind of like the they did one for the Super Game Boy. This is kind of what it looks like. Interesting. It probably just tells you about dumb shit. Huh. I'm looking at it now. They it's definitely art, have Ryan. It's art. I'm sorry. Yes. Easy. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, they just tell you how to make things. Change like how to make from Mario the brush to the pencil. Or how to make music or Mario music. Wow. That's super lame. And I can't believe it exists. <laughs> Not lame. It's disappointing. That is a low point in Nintendo's history right there. But now we know how to make Zangief. Well, good. My life is complete now. Wow. So like one of those things where the, the, they just uh, got that message and they're like, yeah, why not? One guy wants it. At least one person's going to get it. I'm sure they're like, well, Make it's it. first party. Mario's on the title, so we can sell a bunch of these. So, <laughs> yeah, there's got to be a, a thriving scene though for uh, Mario Paint on the internet, right? There's got to be a corner that you can go to. Oh, there's like a subreddit somewhere, or like yeah, ten of them, and definitely has like all the music where where to put it for like. Lincoln Park songs or something like that. Oh, yeah, for sure that exists. Definitely. (laughs) Uh, Peter from Vancouver, Canada says, I read in the June and July issues of Nintendo Power that the Super NES is coming to the U.S. this fall. Sure sounds great. Will they be sold in Canada this fall, too? No. (laughs) No, you damn Canadian bastard. 
of course it'll be in Canada. Doesn't stuff usually end up in Canada and the U.S. at the same time? It usually does North America, yeah. Back in then, though, didn't, didn't some of that stuff even hit Canada first? Uh, yeah, what was that? I thought there were like, examples where Canada got stuff ahead of us. Yeah. There was certainly a Wii, right? That Wii Mini. Oh, that, yeah, that's right. That time. finally came down here. The disappointing yeah. Wii Mini. But, uh, yeah, it was <laughs> the next year it came out in Canada. So they kind of got screwed on that one. Oh, it was delayed. That's a bummer. They were jumping yeah, the border, it. though, for it. You know they were. Oh, that yeah, that's true. Like, this is pre-9-11. You could literally just stroll across and, like, grab one at a Walmart. And What is yeah. your purpose of crossing the border? Just getting a Super Nintendo. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> we understand. Can you, get, can you get me a copy of Super Metroid? I'd appreciate it. No, nobody has them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I suppose anyone who really wanted them got them anyway. Yeah. You know, there was some guy bootlegging them, or just like like moonshine crossing over the border, like got a truck full. <laughs> speeding yeah, he like across. shows up, he's like, lip, flips up tailgate on his truck and like all right you get the labat you get the labat blue all right here's a super nintendo nice yeah. business with you like under the cover of night all secretive because <laughs> all canadians drink labat blue <laughs> it's a fine beer i don't it's know if they all drink it but i just like it a lot do you really <laughs> yeah well i actually like labat blue light like is it a canadian beer it is yeah yeah it is. okay it's a good it's a good it's a good. <laughs> yeah, you know what the Canadians say. It's a good. Yeah, for, it's a good, eh? <laughs> for our for our Canadian listeners here, we are not being insensitive to you at all. Uh, well, uh, considering where we live, we're like, we're yeah, practically we're Canadian. Canadian. Yeah, we could spit on the border. Well, that's not quite. We true, probably we're, just we're we probably ex- offended them by saying we're pretty much Canadian. <laughs> like, no, no, no. You, you American Idiots. trash. What are you talking about? Don't associate with us. I'm just apologizing I worked to our place. listeners all over the country. I worked at a factory that made ketchup chips, so at least I'm in. Oh yeah, you're you're pretty much Canadian yeah. at that point. Yeah. Do they sell them in the U.S.? I've never seen ketchup chips in the U.S. Oh yeah, they made them. Yeah. And then they quickly stopped making them because they realized that that doesn't sell here. Yeah, I've never really got the whole ketchup chip thing. Like, I've tried it when I've been up in Canada because it seems to be the thing to do. But I like plain potato chips dipped in ketchup, but ketchup chips just don't work. I'm sorry, Canada. But your poutine okay. and your Labatt Blue Light are delicious. I could live on that. Alone. Because nobody would be next to you with that. Well, that's that. true. <laughs> I don't know. I've singed every n- nostril that knows here that my wife has, so <laughs> I could pretty much eat anything at this point. You've singed my hair too, so. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting though. There was an actual discrepancy in in dates. It's fun, funny. Usually, it's so uniform. Yeah. It's just so strange. Well, like back then, you know, it was just like anything that they made, they tried to sell it right away, you know? Like they didn't stock up and make a big of a, you know, launch anything. It was like, right. Hey, Zelda's out. 
we're still making them and we'll sell them when they're made but <laughs> yeah th- yeah that's right you that was back in the days of like batches yeah like you had yeah. to try and catch it when reprints came back out that's why you always pre-order video games. Did you pre-order games back then? I think so. Some places, yeah. Probably like the mom and pop things. I feel like I've never, I never had an issue getting a game as a kid. I went in and pointed to them all and got it. So yeah, but were you like the kid who was like hardcore about like reading when a game was coming out in Nintendo Power and like. I want this particular game. I mean, you weren't right. You just kind of went to the store and were like, it's in front of me. I want that. Essentially. I mean, I did read some in the magazine, uh, but yeah, it it was pretty much pointing, pulling the tab we're on. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't like, I don't know when I ever got to the point where like I had to pre-order. I mean, it must've been when I was in college. Cause yeah, like you said, it's just like, you heard about a game and you went and bought it and I never researched like any fringe RPGs or anything, so it wasn't ever hard for me. Yeah. What's yeah, the last pre-order really. game that you you've done? I'm trying to remember the last pre-order game I had. Oh, jeez. Probably Can't something on the Switch. Maybe Breath of the Wild. Yeah. I didn't. Oh, okay, that's the last one I pre-ordered too. Yeah, because I got it for the Wii U and I wanted it at launch day, and Best Buy was doing a midnight opening, so. Yep. I cut right through the line, grabbed the only the Wii U only copy Wii U that anybody copy? wanted. Yep. I even had to tell the guy, he like threw the Switch version in front of me. I'm like, no, no. Wii U. <laughs> you <laughs> don't understand. <laughs> and then everybody uh, sat in line waiting to buy their Switches for an hour and a half, and I happily so went how was, fired up So how Wii did U. you go about pre-ordering games back then? Like you would just go in a store and say, I want this game. That was the process. Yeah, I think it was like on slips, if I remember right. Like when they got in, they had like notes, pretty much waiting lists. Really, and that would drive their whatever they're ordering, and then yeah, whenever it came in, they'd call. I don't ever remember anybody even like trying to sell that to you, like KB Toys or anything. Like pre-order this game. I don't remember any of that. I mean, I think it's a little hard to tell on any of that because, like. I mean, literally, I grew up in a town that was so small that nobody sold video games. Like, I had to go to my coast-to-coast hardware store and point in a catalog and ask them to ship order the game in. Like, I mean, so... Or your Sears, like... Not Sears, but, like, your JCPenney catalog store. Like, literally, that's where I had to go to, like, place my game orders. So, I guess it never... That's kind of pre-ordering. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I'll take B23, please. It's only twenty nine ninety nine right now. Well, and that's the other thing. Like, I'm sure I went to the store many times that uh, with a game in mind. And if they didn't have it, it's not like I'm just going to walk out and be bummed. I'm like, no, I'll just pick a different one, right? Yeah, that's usually I how I something. I usually yeah. ended up more bummed because I would like pick. I would go. I was the kind of person I'd go in with like something in mind, and then I'd like be drawn to the bargain bin. I'm like, well, I could get this really awesome game, but Bobby's got it down the street, so I could buy like three of these games and you take them all home and there's all shit. And like, I was the type of kid, I, I would like literally get sick to my stomach with regret at like poor purchasing. I'm like, Oh, I wasted my <laughs> like hard earned allowance money. Like I want to go throw up and I would make myself throw up. Cause I would just like, get so worked up about it. So I should have pre-ordered good games instead of buying bargain bread and trash. 
Luckily, if you walk back into like small town stores and like say a game doesn't work, a lot of people take them back. I mean, happened once or twice. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Bubsy two, Bubsy two, got returned. I'm just, just throwing <laughs> it out there. I remember that story. I love it. Uh, yeah, they didn't really nail down the return policies at that point. Nah. There's probably a couple pallets of Bubsy twos somewhere that were returned, and they didn't know what to do with them after that. Lit them on fire, hopefully. <laughs> Hey, it's official. Mayor Tom Bradley officially declared November 5th, 1991 as Nintendo Fun Day in Los Angeles. Nice. How do they celebrate it? Is it still on the calendar? We should just uh, celebrate that every year. Yeah. Nintendo Fun Day. I could pretty much just do that's my life, I guess. I could just say. Every day I celebrate that. <laughs> Nintendo Fun Day. Well, what do you do for Nintendo Fun Day? I don't know. Microwave play Sega pizza Genesis. Play with my ding dong. What do you do? I don't know. <laughs> Whoa! You look at the games <laughs> on the shelf. Caress myself. Mm, Nintendo <laughs> Fun Day. Pages of not your too Nintendo fast Power you, sticking you get the together. whole day. You gotta really draw it out. <laughs> you gotta just slowly fondle it. You don't want to overdo it and blow your load too too soon. <laughs> all over that Mario Paint strategy guide. You got all day. I don't know about you guys, but after Nintendo Fun Day, I'm super dehydrated the next day. It's just Gosh. exhausting. <laughs> then I got to spend the rest of the year trying to get my Nintendo Power pages unstuck. It's a problem. Who said Nintendo didn't have blast processing? That's right, giggity. <laughs> I shot Rob's eye out one year. True story. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the Rob money shot. (laughs) Yeah, we found the true reason for those visors that come with them. (laughs) Ah, that's good stuff. Got your power power glove on one hand. Oh my gosh. So many details. So many details. <laughs> Let's we're we gotta stop this before we're putting controllers up our ass again. <laughs> no, well, this is just getting good. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I loved when Musty uh, Hobbit or uh Second Breakfast when we ran into him at uh MGC this year, like I don't know if I was was it me and Nate, I think, and then he like instantly he like brought up a controller that we forgot to mention to put up our ass. I was like, damn it! <laughs> I'm like, yeah, how could we have forgotten? Like- I think it was like the was it the katana maybe for one of those games. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, oh yeah, I was like that is brilliant. I'm like, and I'm saddened that our like stupid don't is, literally put like, the controller seep this way into your brain that. <laughs> <laughs> where you actually think about it more yes off the air i, I feel yeah. bad for our listeners we're sorry we don't intend to make you dumber it is a it is a consequence of listening to weekend run solo 
That's why we're only uh, every two weeks. If it was every week, it'd be too much. There would be mm-hmm. some mental instability for sure. Mm-hmm. Stephen from Albuquerque, he's wondering, why aren't there any good games coming out for the NES now? I don't have a Super NES. What year is this? <laughs> uh, 92. Oh. Wasn't there some good stuff? Yeah, Things were getting buy better. Anything that says, buy anything that said Taito on there. Yeah, pick yeah. up Punk. Uh, <laughs> pick up Panic Restaurant. Pick up Little I Samson. I mean, 1994 was the last one, right? Wario? Wario's Woods. Is that... 94 or 95 94 uh, let's find out i mean a lot of games from that 92 93 there's some really solid titles that are very expensive now but yeah 94 february of 94 so basically yeah. 93 was the last real year that anything was released but yeah i mean it, it was a weird time because like it wasn't so much that games weren't coming out that were good. Cause like you said, Taito made stuff, but obviously the batches were smaller and then the shelf space just didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, there was always room for game boy stuff, but it seemed like a lot of those retailers were phasing out shelf space for NES. I mean, it was yeah, just, that's true. there wasn't much there. I remember like that brief window when they had the, you know, repackaged top loader and the big sticker on the box, like 50, you know, 49 99 next to your super Nintendo. And you just remember being a kid and looking at that and be like, that's so stupid. Why don't I buy that stupid $50 for Nintendo? That's crap. And now it's like, oh, I would kill to have a brand new inbox. Well, when I posted that, uh, so on Twitter, uh, I posted a Funko Land ad and I said, okay, you have $30. Hmm. What are you going to pick? And it was funny, like stadium events on there was 39 cents. And uh, (laughs) um, just... I, I don't know. I just was crazy. The prices and the discount prices. I was like, man, can you imagine if yeah, that was Funko today? Land. And, uh, oh, so awesome. Oh, that's what I, I can't believe how cheap those, like a lot of those were. They were like all under a dollar. It was nuts. Yeah. That's like, I just remember like, there's been some content from Cinemassacre, like the James and Mike Mondays and stuff. And like, Mike has said, like he basically went to his Funko lands in his area. Like when they were, fire selling that stuff and literally they were filling he was filling trash bags because the gar- the bags were not enough so they would fill like full trash bags you'd buy these games for like next to nothing and walk out and that's how he like built up this amazing collection because he was one of the people who had the, like foresight to do it i mean could you and imagine what too. two thousand dollars at funko land then would have garnered you now holy cow you'd yeah. have oh so much yeah NES, Super, I mean, you could have gotten everything. Yeah. I guess we didn't answer his question, but I, I, I guess, like, the real answer should be just don't worry about what's coming out new. Like, it's got a great catalog and backlog, and you can't have had all of them. Go to Funko Land, take 30 bucks, you're going to come home happy. Yep. Or just buy Super Nintendo, because they're pretty cool, too. They are. Have you seen Mario World? Come on. I hear there's this game called Mario Paint. Uh, (laughs) Not for like another 10 years, there's not. (laughs) But you have to get the guide for it to know what you're doing. To know what to do. (laughs) Joe 
Uh, he says, Yoshi stowed away in my suitcase as I headed back from a vacation in Dinosaur Island. When I found him, he was chewing on my new Nintendo Power. After I got it away from him, I saw your Player's Pulse question. Yoshi and I agree that the NES, Super NES, and Game Boy are the best. We think it's because of the endless hours of challenge and fun. Yoshi loves the taste, although he says the Game Boy could could use more oregano. Okay, or, who's uh, yeah oregano? Am I confused? <laughs> who's Yoshi? He just this guy needs help. Um, just Yoshi's not real. If you are seeing Yoshi and you believe you've gone to Dinosaur Island, please seek medical you've attention. Had a little bit too much oregano. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I was gosh. trying to track the whole time. I'm like, who's Yoshi? What's going on here? <laughs> oh. Why wasn't somebody at Nintendo Power just like, this is too cringy. Like, we, we yeah. can't do this. Let's get this guy some help. Because they said Nintendo's the best. And they're like, oh, yeah, I'll just print it. Plus, that's what all these are. What kind they of don't even read them. Freak have? I mean, proportionally, Yoshi is clearly like the size of like a small horse. If you compare him to Mario. <laughs> so I don't think he's fitting in a duffel bag. Just saying. Mm. Unless it's the baby Yoshi and he hadn't fed it enough Nintendo powers yet for it to poop out a one up and then grow into like that's a, true. Yeah. Problem solved. We figured it out. And finally, Mark, he says, I have a grandma who is babysitting my sister and I one night while we were playing our NES. I asked if she wanted to play with us and she said, no, that's for kids. Later, we went to bed and in the middle of the night, I woke up because I heard beeping. And Grandma was on level four of Super Mario Brothers. I love those stories. I've heard many of them. Uh, <laughs> even, you know, personally with my parents. I, you you want to play? No, nah, I don't want to play. I don't want to play. This is for you guys. And then you go to bed and then you come down and he's playing Operation Wolf or uh, <laughs> playing Duck Hunt. I mean, those are those are cool moments to see as a kid, like any adults or even grandparents playing video games. I remember my grandpa and I sitting down and playing Mario together. I mean, that that was kind of cool. So, consider it awesome, yeah. kid. I remember waking up in the middle of the night to the sound of the Tetris music and then going downstairs and my dad's like sitting under the lamp because you had to with the Game Boy, like playing it in the darkness in the living room. It was great. <laughs> My parents had like the handheld gambling machines. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Those were popular. Slot slot machines. The tiger handheld slot machines, basically. <laughs> they did that at night. That's what I heard. But yeah, it's funny how like a lot of these questions are that where it's like, can you believe it? Old people are playing video games. <laughs> and now that right. like doesn't exist. Could you imagine like kids saying, oh, my dad was playing a video game? Yeah, now people's grandparents are streaming on Twitch. <laughs> so, <laughs> all the times have changed. Uh, yeah, that's very true. It's actually a pretty good idea, though, to keep like old people busy in a nursing home. Just set them up on live streams. That's true. I feel like that's a business opportunity. Should we invest yeah. into a retirement home, elderly care? They'd have a chat. They wouldn't get lonely, you know? You could put them on some goofy pills because they're not. They're just going to take it. You could get some really good content. 
Yeah. Each room yeah. has a, a built-in green screen. You push a button on that you wear around <laughs> your neck, and the screen comes down, and everything turns on for you. Yeah, and you're the life alert is for your green screen. Genius. <laughs> I mean, you don't need uh, it if you fall. <laughs> Something to consider. This is a good idea. I mean, that's where I want to be when I'm old and retired and I want to have that necklace that pushes the green screen down. So. Yeah. Plus there'd be just something really cool about being a like 90 year old speedrunner. You think you that can make that be. happen in 90? I, I might have the world record for the <clears throat> for a 90 year old. <laughs> <laughs> the market's a little bit smaller but is there like a senior class for that? I don't know. I beat World 1-1 with like one second to spare. This is amazing. <laughs> we laugh, but they could smoke our ass at like wee bowling, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, it's sad, but true. <laughs> anyway, that's all I have for this week. So uh, all right. wrap this up, Nate. But I had more. Oh. No, I didn't. Sorry. I didn't you interrupted my big Dang. moment. Sorry. I had a big moment. I lied everyone. And you interrupted it. This is the, this is the time ready. that I get to talk. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. All right. So if sorry. you're still listening with us, um, we'd love to hear from you. You can send us an email, of course. Uh, send us your comments, concerns, if you have any. If I'm getting interrupted by Ryan or anything like that, send it. Um, you can send those emails and everything to weekendrentalpodcast at gmail.com. You should follow us on Twitter as well as on Facebook. Lots of things happening over there. And you can find all things Weekend Rental at weekendpodcast.com. And as always, be kind and rewind. Enjoy your NES, you hoser. <laughs> You'll shoot Rob's eye out. <laughs> Bananas. Memnon. <laughs>